Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks, episode 119. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things that interest us, and sometimes there is whiskey. My name is John, and I am joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going? Good, good. Happy Monday. How are you? Good. You, like, glitched a little bit and sounded like Bunday. Happy Bunday. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sunday, Monday, birthday. I don't know. What was I trying to say? I don't know. Bunday. <laughs> it's like, uh, you know, everybody heads to the bakery to get their bread for the week. Ooh, that so sounds good. Bunday. Yeah. Let's make it mm -hmm. fun day. Or it's like leg day. You know, you're doing the squats. <laughs> Glutes. Yeah. Buns mm -hmm. of steel. Let's bring that back. Oh, boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well yeah it's um it's been a little bit longer than normal since our last show but mm -hmm. we are back we're going to be talking about house of the dragon hot d as the cool kids call it hot and <laughs> and uh before that we'll have some webtoons to talk about we'll be continuing along with maybe meant to be mm -hmm. and uh solo leveling all those things will be spoilery they'll be later in the show before we get there, we're going to have news, talk about our weeks a little bit. And uh, per usual, we have drink holidays. Yeah, we have lots of drink holidays since it's been longer than usual. And we started a whole new month in the time that we've last been on the podcast. Uh, so it is September, and it is a good month in my view because it is Bourbon Heritage Month. Nice, yeah. So that's mm -hmm. definitely a whole month that I can get behind. Uh, and I am. All right. So this is a, a bourbon that I recently picked up um, from Jay Carver Distillery. So made here okay. in Minnesota. Yeah. I, uh, I was kind of on a liquor restocking shopping spree mm. um, and got a couple of different things from Minnesota distilleries because I was just like feeling that state pride. So yeah. Here's nice. to cheers. Bourbon Heritage Month. Before I show my drink, I'll, I'll cheers with my water, like mm. my uh, jug. Ooh. That is a huge jug. Gallon a day. <laughs> <laughs> you got a jug on you, John. Yeah. <laughs> um, the burp. Yeah. Jake Carver. Been there a couple times because that's a little mm -hmm. closer to us. And it's um, yeah, it's a nice place. Pretty fancy. You've taken a little tour there, though. I have to say. La both times I've been there and tasted cocktails from their bar, I've mm -hmm. not particularly loved them. Okay. So it's been my one complaint is the sure. I enjoy their spirits and they have like food events, which is nice and stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah. But work on the cocktails. Yeah. Sure. So. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one thing to brew some good spirits, you know, um, and then mm -hmm. another to like brew up an actual excellent cocktail. Like, you kind of you kind of got to have both mm -hmm. if you're going to be like, you know, an open distillery and open like floor. I would say thing. it's kind of one thing to distill down spirits and to brew up uh, cocktails. Nice. Yeah. Much better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> well, nice. But yeah, straight up, uh, Jay Carver is pretty good. So yeah. no complaints. Nah, yeah. I mean, not the best I've ever had, but not bad. Sure. Sure. Um, but yeah, so if you're not into bourbon, there are plenty of other holidays that you can celebrate. Uh, football is officially back. The NFL is officially back, as is college football. So on September 3rd, it was National Tailgating Day. 
in addition to being Labor Day. Nice. Okay. So. Did you do any tailgating? I did not do any tailgating, sadly. Um, I've actually only gone tailgating like twice in my life. Um, and one was a college football game. And then the other was uh, at Lambeau Field, which is okay. like entirely really different there. experience. It's yeah, right. next level for sure. So is it in the sense of like, we tailgate, we drink and people grill and stuff and then we go in for the, the game or yeah. like watch it outside or something? Nope. Go, go in, in for or... the game. Yeah. Like okay. go cook outside, hang out. Yeah. Have some drinks, have some food, um, play some games, you know, start talking to each other, making some friends and then, yeah, you go inside and making some enemies, making some, yeah, so, making some yeah. enemies. You never know. You never yeah. know. It depends on who's near you. Mm-hmm. Who's in your section. So. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um, and then uh, in addition to being Labor Day and National Tailgating Day, this 3rd of September was also, also Cabernet Day. So quite the opposite. Different up, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tailgating, Cabernet, not two things that generally go together. I mean, you Let's can. Make it happen. Yeah. You do you. Mm-hmm. But also, like, not the first thing you can <laughs> You have, like, your, you have your, you know, you, you pull up with your, your big pickup. It's a Ford Raptor. And then you <laughs> like, and then you turn on the stereo and it's like a little like kind of light elevatory sort of music. And you put Some up jazz. like tents, you got fans <laughs> going, feather fans. This is real zen with your cabinet. Right. right? The yeah. Some like elegant velvet chairs, you know, mm-hmm. not mm-hmm. some like fold out camping chairs. You're the real deal. Yep. Yeah. You make your kids serve you fruit on a platter, you know? It reminds me, um, God. I don't know why this popped into my head, but um, like there was like a Gilmore Girls episode at one time when it was like the big like Harvard Yale football game and like the grandparents were like, we do tailgating for real. And it was like, okay, but you don't. It was like fancy tailgating. They were like making Bloody Marys and they had like Mm. canapes everywhere. And like, (laughs) that's that's the sort of tailgating I think would like go with Cabernet would be like, Oh, Mm -hmm. we're tailgating in our private area with our like catered food. Did the one woman like cater it kind of though? Cause there's a, the cook. Oh, the the chef. chef. Yeah. 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 No, she didn't. This was like private, like butlery looking guy, Mm. you know, just like fancy to the fancy. Um, Were you telling us that that show didn't age well? That show does not age well, no. Okay. I mean, okay. there are definitely, like, plenty of fine elements, for sure. Sure. But there's definitely some stuff that's like, hmm, that didn't, that didn't go very well. And it, hmm. it's, like, not as funny anymore. Sure. So. Okay. Um, anyway, moving on from tailgating and, and or Cabernet. Yeah. Uh, somehow switching back to something more suited to tailgating. September 7th <laughs> was National Beer Lovers Day. Yeah. And uh, the following day, the 8th, was National Sour Beer Day, which mm-hmm. I really feel like is having a moment right now. Sour like, beer again? I think, I think it's like reaching the end of okay. its like height of popularity, but it's still ubiquitous on any like brewery menu. Yeah, Far I feel more like, than it used to be. Yes. I feel like it's made its way in where it's now a staple. You know, sure. it was trendy for a while. And now now it's to the point where it's just one of the kinds of beer everyone is going to have. 
Yeah. I just feel like when, when I've been out to like happy hours and stuff, um, with coworkers and friends and things like that, people just still tend to order sour beer more than I, than I feel like is normal. Do you know what I mean? Like that's, that's sort of the thing that everybody still like gravitates like, Oh, I want to try their sour. Mm -hmm. So I just feel like it's still like a thing right now. Not like a craze, not like, oh my God, yeah. they have so many, but it's still just like everybody wants to try it. It's definitely the non-beer drinkers beer as well. Yes. Like if, you, mm-hmm. if you're not really into it, it's so different, obviously, than anything else you're going to get that, uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I am celebrating uh, Beer Lover's Day. You are. Um, I was going to think you would be celebrating the final day over here. No, September 10th, National Canned Cocktail Day. I you're you've been breaking those out. I feel like I think I have maybe one, maybe actually I think I just have cans of wine, maybe a couple of those. But okay, yeah, I don't really um just got some beer that's left over from Renfest because sure. barely drink any of it there. <laughs> just <laughs> brought it all. So it's September, so we're going Oktoberfest. All right, um, all right. You're just like leaning into the whole fall. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, I dig it. So this is Liftbridge. Um, they're always they're always good. They're Oktoberfest, so I'm excited. I'm always excited for the Oktoberfest beers to be around. Solid choice. Yeah, I went to a a, a barbecue the other day, um, and even though it still felt like we were like holding on to the last vestiges of summer, everybody there was drinking like pumpkin nitro brew. So it was like mm, yeah, summer, but no, we're like, yeah, we're we're moving into those pumpkin brews. So mm-hmm. yeah, which I have I, a very um, love-hate relationship with. Like I've really? had good ones and I've really had some like terrible, awful pumpkin flavored, just like water crap. I wouldn't even it's a it range. Yeah, yeah, it's a it's for sure. Because you get ones that are like kind of hit you in the face. I don't taste yeah. any pumpkin in this at all. <laughs> or there's no like, spices that would be like that, you know. But and then you have ones that are like candy. That yeah. it just all tastes fake. So. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's that's uh, a hard one to get right, I think. Mm-hmm. I forget who does it, but Pumpkin, you know, that's mm-hmm. a good one. Yeah. Um, oh, Alan just shared it. Yep. Pumpkin, oh. Southern Tier Brewing Company. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah. I would not have guessed that. Too. I don't know why. Yeah. But yeah. Right. But I, I took a sip of this and I'm just, man, this is like uh the best sip of beer I've had in a while. I feel like All just right. what I, what I wanted. Well, perfect it's got, then. it's got not only the Minnesota bird, a loon on it, but it's also yep. got some deer that really remind me of Baratheon. So yeah, so. we're going to, we're going to have to talk about some haunting Baratheon, either foreshadowing or echoing. Or kind of both when we talk about House of the Dragon. Okay. Okay. Because right. we'll it's, it's hard to like talk about it with prequels because it's before, but it's after the other show. So mm-hmm. is, it, is, it, is it a foreshadowing? Is it an echo? Definitely foreshadowing. I still think it's a foreshadowing. Okay. It's hard, to, I mean, it's hard though because like some scenes you're like, this really gives me echoes or vibes of, but technically mm-hmm. like would it be a foreshadowing? So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Philosophical it's foreshadowing if you know what is coming. Yeah. It's just clear foreshadowing. So okay, I guess. Takes the, <laughs> the mystery out. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, all right. Lots of drinks. Um mm-hmm. 
your week or week and a half, two weeks, whatever it's been. Um, yeah, yeah, it's been, been quite a while. Um, I suppose, I mean, I just mentioned the word mystery. So I'll start off with something I noticed in the past week while watching some television, which is the slew of trailers that just came out that are all about star-studded cast mystery movies. Hmm. There were three in particular that I noticed trailers just come out for, um, which were Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery, which I had no idea there was going to be any sort of continuation on that. Um, Amsterdam and, uh, see how they run, which I just saw today. Okay. Which um, is the one, the cooking one, the, like with Ray Fiennes, is that one of them? Nope. Cause that's mm -mm. another one. That's also like a star studded cast of mystery yes. kind of thing. Yes. That was like something dinner. Yeah. What was that title? Dinner served or dinner party yes, or some like super creepy. Yeah. title i remember but yeah so these these three i honestly don't remember exactly what each mystery is um i think there's like murders to be solved in each one but i don't know the circumstances uh but definitely like very random star-studded like full cast lists in each one and they all have that sort of like colorful comedic like these are going to be funny and witty and off kilter um they they all just kind of give me like the same vibe. Sure. You know what I mean? They're they're all just very similar to one another. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not with excited. Amsterdam but... and the see how they run. I don't know what those ones are, but so I see did... how they run. I, like I said, I just saw today, and it was with uh, Saoirse Ronan, Sam Rockwell, and Adrian Brody. I think were the biggest names that came to mind. Some I haven't um... heard of in a while. Yeah, so there's a murder on the set of a play that they're about to turn into a movie. Mm. So that's that's like the general premise of that one. Um, let's see if I can grab Amsterdam. Well, and then also the other mystery that came out was uh, the follow-up. Um, it's the director of the second Harry Potter film. No, sorry. He's in the second Harry Potter film. He's director of the first Thor Bragna, Kenneth Bragna, his um, oh, yeah. follow-up, it was the Murder on the Orient Express, but then there is yeah. a Murder on the Nile or something like that. Yes, yeah. Yeah, I actually watched that. That was not bad. Okay. Um, Again, not, not like my favorite, but just not a mm -hmm. bad movie. Um, So Amsterdam is three friends who witness a murder and then uncover an outrageous plot of American history. So that is Christian Bale, Margot Robbie, Remy Malik, Zoe Saldana, Robert De Niro. Whoa. Mike Myers, Timothy Oliphant, Chris Rock, Anya Taylor-Joy, and Taylor Swift. That's why I remember that one, because I was Jesus. like, what is Taylor Swift doing in this movie? That is a big list. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. Yep. Well, can we manage to make it a, a thing where these are films that are good? Because normally the let's throw all the money at the cast doesn't mm -hmm. work out so well. Or I feel like it worked out like one movie and then there was like, like, um, love actually was yeah, like the, I mean, the holiday movie with the huge cast. Like it was really interesting, like interweaving all these like huge names with their stories. Like who were they to each? Even. 
Yeah. Some other holiday that we thought was really, you know, whatever. I was like, oh, this is just tired. It's bad. Mm-hmm. So now I feel like we're kind of doing that with mystery movies. You get them every once in a while. Like sometimes the first one, like you mentioned, um, the holiday one there. And then Love Actually. Yeah. And then was that um, other big one that, uh, oh, Ocean's Eleven. Oh, yeah. And then the first Knives Out, I would say, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. So, so this, we'll see, this yeah. new one I think looks really cool. Yeah, we'll see you if know, we can I'm... like duplicate the success of that. Um, yeah. And obviously if anybody's going to go see it or if they're going to get confused and end up seeing, you know, going to be like, okay, which one is the murder mystery with the big cast? Is mm, that Amsterdam? Yeah. Is that See How They Run? Is that Glass yeah. Onion? Yeah. Now, I remember that there was going to be a Knives Out sequel. I didn't realize that it was going to be on Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, didn't, uh, didn't Knives Out end up streaming on Netflix? Maybe. I mean, it didn't start out that way, but I think it ended up there. Yeah, whatever, whatever happened, I know whichever platform hosted it, it got like a second life, second kind of boost. Okay. Um, from being on streaming. So if it was sure. Netflix, it would make a lot of sense. Yeah, totally. So cool, yeah, cool. just something something I noticed this week. Um, other things I did this week, obviously I already talked about the NFL being back, so I watched the games. Um, I've already got my heart broken in both real life football and in fantasy football. So it's been a whole week in one week. Uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> I tell you. Um <laughs> But from that, though, I watched the Emmys red carpet tonight, which was a lot of fun. It was fun okay. to get back in like the kind of pre-awards show season madness. Um, and I, I do love the Emmys because I just generally am more apt to watch a TV show these days than I am a movie. So it's sure. just kind of fun to be like reminded of the things that were nominated and are supposed to be really good and I should really have them on my radar. So, yeah. Okay. Fun to be had there. Who was the best um, dressed? Ooh, I don't know about best dressed um, because I didn't see everybody. Um, but I saw Lily James and she looked stunning. She was in one of the definitely major trends of the night, which was uh, like muted metallics. Mm, um, another star that I thought did another trend well was Issa Rae. And she did black and white. And I thought her dress was very stunning. Um, And then, oh my God, it's the team owner on Ted Lasso. What is her name? Like Hannah. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I I know you know who I mean. And I cannot think of her last name right now. And I feel terrible. Um, She did another trend of the night. She did like a big princess pink ball gown, which sounds terrible. It does, yeah. But like she worked. Like the dress okay. that she had, like just the structure, the way that it was like fitted to her. She looked stunning. Alan um, says Hannah Waddingham. Yes, yes. Thank you. Oh my God. I knew it began with a W and I just was like, not going to get there. Thank you, Alan. <laughs> so yeah, so those were three stars that I thought looked particularly good. Cool. And like nice. I said, just kind of like had each of the three trends that like I noticed for women of the night. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then the other kind of big thing that I did is uh, watched 
the first Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power episode. Yeah. What'd you think? Have a a real complicated relationship with that. Some real love hate. There were some beautiful, gorgeous, gorgeous, you know, cinematography and world building. And then there was some really irritating and I felt like problematic characterization. Not across the board, but just very specifically. So I just, I can tell like I'm going to like struggle with this. Okay. Because like I said, Mm -hmm. I love the world building. I love like the visual and cinematic scope. I love the overall storyline. And there was like a hint at the end of where I think it's going and I'm really excited about it. But I'm really going to struggle if some of the main characters keep acting the way they are. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I've I've just been kind of eating up everybody's responses. It's just been like interesting what everyone has to say. Yeah, um, and um, to be fair, I haven't, you know, I've only watched the first episode, so I haven't actually met the entire cast yet. Um, we've met humans, elves, and Harfoots, and we have not met dwarves yet. I mean, I haven't really. Right. Mm-hmm. So oh, I can't tell you anything about like that characterization yet. Sure. Well... Keep us up to date. I definitely will. I, I mean, mean, do you I have, have a rating to. for the first episode or it's just ooh, like. Ooh, ooh. Um, I would say like a six out of 10. Okay. Like I said, if... there was some real strong stuff and some things I really liked, but there, there were things that bothered me a lot. I mean, like we have some series to finish. I know you're in the middle of different things too. Mm-hmm. Hot D is going on. Like, are you. <laughs> If this wasn't associated at all with Tolkien's work, would you continue with the next episode? Ooh, I would. Because I would want to give it another chance at least. Mm -hmm. um, To see if like the things that bothered me were just like pilot kinks. Mm -hmm. Or if they they could that characterization was going to continue this way and it would continue to bother me and upset me. So I would give it another episode. Like I said, I really, I loved the world and I loved the overarching story. So I would give that a chance to see if it's going where I hope it's going. But I, but after that, that would be a real wild card for me. After Is it f- fair to say that you, you, any of your disappointments thus far stem mostly from like, characterizations or writing or slash acting versus inconsistency with Tolkien's pre existing world and lore. The two are a little bit tied together. Um, there, my, my problem is mostly with characterization, but some of that does tie into I guess being maybe nitpicky about the way that stories unfold in things like the Silmarillion Um, without giving too much away. There's something about Galadriel's characterization that I think changes her story arc from the Silmarillion and it bothers me. Sure. Mm -hmm. So it's not huge. It's, it's kind of a technicality. Okay. So if you're not like deep into it, you might let it skate, but it, it's something that bothers me because it, it casts a different shadow on her 
it casts a different shadow on like events that follow. Do you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it, it's a sort of like small but influential thing. Is it is it fair or unfair to give um, this show less uh, leeway compared to something like um, the Wheel of Time or something else? Considering the like reverential status of Tolkien's mm-hmm. work and and whether you like it or not, the general like large influence it has had does it does it mm-hmm. deserve less for forgiving in adaptations or is that sort of unfair to do that you know regardless? Yeah, uh, I think I mean that's a that's a solid fair question. Um, I want to, in a fair world, say it should be given the same leeway as any other show because it's its own thing trying to tell its own story. Yet I live in this world where there's, you know, context of there's been material before this and Peter Jackson's trilogy is, you know, a beloved adaptation and so you kind of un- unfortunately get held to a higher standard when you already have something out there that's so well done, so highly acclaimed. And you're saying, I'm going to attach my project to this by calling right. it Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. They could have they called it Rings of Power and just like insinuated and intimated the Lord of the Rings piece. Yeah, yeah. And I would, I would give it a little bit more grace because they're not trying to tie themselves so hard to Lord of the Rings. But since you are, you have to know that like, this is the bar that's you need to reach or at least try to match mm-hmm. and that it's higher than normal. It's not something like wheel of time. There's nothing else. You're right. creating it totally anew. people have no bar, no set measurement to, you know, set it against other than like general quality. Mm-hmm. Well, and, you know, and like no criticism to them, but like Robert Jordan's work or whatever, or, um, you know, anyone else, even George R. R. Martin's, these things did not have the same kind of worldwide recognition, you know, before mm-hmm. being made into something else. So it is brand new to a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, Tolkien's work is not so much. That's like reading material for, you know, The Hobbit. And my dad read that as in school as you know mm-hmm. as um so i think yeah i don't know it's I, i've been hearing and i think we talked about this maybe beforehand too it's like how after the sequel trilogy of star wars there was a real resurgence of hey you know that prequel trilogy is actually pretty good that's not too bad <laughs> is it <laughs> and then it, it was kind of like saw that coming here with the potential because yeah. we had the hobbit trilogy really like put down a lot of ways it you know people enjoyed it for what it was or whatever but you know they saw the kind of greedy nature of we're gonna make three movies out of this thing no matter what Mm. and now people are like you know maybe those hobbit movies they weren't so bad after all you know (laughs) so but uh it's funny i could i could see people benchmarking either way against the hobbit movies like saying that hey maybe those hobbit movies weren't so bad and also like Hey, maybe the series isn't so bad, depending okay. on how deeply you feel about the Hobbit movies. Okay. Yeah. 
I mean, it's. I think what's clear is neither of them clear to me. I should say. I, sh- I shouldn't speak for like the world in general. Clear to me that neither the Hobbit movies nor this series is going to touch the original trilogy in terms of sure. like universally recognized greatness. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's just it's just never going to get there. Yeah. Well, and you know, like you mentioned, they could have just called it Rings of Power and then mm-hmm. been obviously heavily drawing on inspiration from Tolkien's world and then saved themselves $25 million. Because mm-hmm. I believe that was the cost to get their little bit of itty bitty rights uh, for the appendices was 25 mil. So <laughs> could have just uh, saved that, pocketed that. Yeah, but. yeah. <laughs> well, could have put that into some elements of production. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, I'm excited to see. I, I, I planned, I planned to watch it. It just hasn't worked out. And, uh, sure. you know, like, um, so we'll see if, see if I get there, but, um, yeah. Um, well, that's fun. My week was a lot of comic books again. Yeah. Um, you were an avid reader this week. Yeah. I mean, um, I will mention I did start Cult of the Lamb. That's not a comic, uh, but the video game. I did try that some. Mm, it's a lot sure. of fun. And um watched the Apple event. Not really exactly pop culture, but um there's that. And then I have to say I'm really excited for uh the cyberpunk anime, which launches tomorrow. Yes, so, it does. That's right. Um, just been looking forward to that. Yes. Otherwise, I'll call out um, I'm Dating a Psychopath. It's a mm-hmm. new webtoon that gave a shot, read the first five episodes. And um, early review is positive. I think the art is really well done. Same. It's very detailed. It's a, a interesting story. It's weird how they kind of keep warning you, like giving you trigger warnings, basically, like, adult content if you've been in bad relationships like be aware that kind of thing you know so i'm like how bad is it gonna get you know just has me my expectations high for brutality or something but um and i would say the fifth episode is the one that kind of was the first that really made me like i didn't i thought one was a little weaker there was just some dialogue in there that i just pictured if it had been made into an anime someone saying those lines and thinking that didn't sound right sure. a little too much at once. Um, sure. so, but otherwise I'm, I'm liking that. And, um, and then when I launched the app today, webtoon app right in my face popped up an ad for a new one loaf. app. That. Yeah. And I thought the art looked good on that too. So mm-hmm. I took a look at that and, um, I blew through the first seven episodes of it. I don't normally like bullying webtoons. Yeah, again, like I mentioned before, it seems like bullying is a pretty big issue in South Korea. At least mm-hmm. that comes out in their comics. Um, and so this is another one that has to deal with bullying. But it's in a more lighthearted manner sus- thus far. And it's kind of some funny characters. So yeah, I'm definitely interested in continuing on that one for sure. So nice. Yeah. Yeah, those uh, those ads that kind of pop up for new, uh, new newly released webtoons, those are like so hit or miss for me. Yes, like it really, it really just has to grab me in like a split second. Otherwise, like I'm clicking that X. 
Yep. Something yep. about the art or just like the title has to mm-hmm. grab me. So I at least click on it. But yeah, it's it's not even 50-50. It's like 30-70. Yeah. 30% I maybe click on it. Well, you have intent. You're going in there to go to a thing. Right, you know, right. And so you just like click away with the stuff or whatever. Right. Unless you so want to do be- one other. It's yeah. got to seem good to really like pause my desire to be like, no, I really wanted this other one, but I'll pause and check this out. Yep. It got me. It got me. Nice. Nice. So, All right. We got a few news stories. Um, as I said, this cyberpunk anime starts tomorrow. Um, we're going to have two video game events tomorrow. The Nintendo Direct, 40 minutes long, and a PlayStation one. So lots yeah. of like it- video game, video game adjacent things happening tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Um, but we have to talk. It's not really pop culture again, but it is uh, pretty. Um, um, pretty significant. Yeah. Significant is the word. Yeah. It's a not a common occurrence and it's a sad event. Mm-hmm. Queen Elizabeth II has died. She was quite old, so it's not like a surprise. But mm-hmm. man, um <laughs> It, uh, I've been seeing all the things going around and talking about like how many prime ministers she's seen and right, like all the world presidents. events. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. It's it to me. It you know it isn't a surprise logically when you think about it. Of course, but right. her death felt to me the same or similar to Betty White's. She just sort of seemed like one of those presences Constance. that was just always going to be there. Mm-hmm. You just didn't sort of think could die because they've, they've always been there and they've always looked the same for like decades and decades. You know what I mean? Like there just yep. hasn't been like much change and they didn't seem to be getting older until, you know, kind of the very, very end when you were like, oh, oh, so they do age. Yeah. Um, but, but even then, you know, you just sort of like didn't really think it was going to happen. So, yeah, yeah. It, was, it was not shocking, but also shocking in a way. Yeah. Um, I guess I was like the shocking part to me was some of the like, again, we don't get political on the podcast very much, but like it was shocking to me. Some of the people like celebrating it or being a little like mm-hmm. uh, in the moment nasty. Um, yeah. It's like, give it a minute, I guess, you know. Um, and um, I don't know. It's I've definitely listened to a couple things now that, you know, I don't I don't daily consider the monarchy much you know sure. but um yeah i listened to a couple things that are pretty interesting about um their monarchy and how that works and you know i don't normally hear a good argument for it but i've, I've heard a good argument now so it's interesting well, yeah it's um you know that i think there's a lot of now you know gray area surrounding how the monarchy moves forward um you know in Britain and in, you know, part parts of the Commonwealth. Right. Um, you know, there are already, you know, certain nations that are moving forward with referendums to decide to break with Great Britain mm-hmm. um, and, you know, kind of sever ties and that sort of thing. And, and um, you know, I think, I think that's going to be, you know, things that have to yet be decided and, and things that probably will either move forward or won't after, you know, the, the pomp and circumstance of the state funeral that's going to be, you know, held soon here. Um, But in the meantime, I think it's 
going to be a fascinating look into how the monarchy operates, kind of all of these, you know, ceremonial traditions surrounding like the passing of a queen, um, you know, that we just, you know, haven't had the opportunity to see for 70 years. I mean, mm -hmm. that's how long she's been on the throne. It's just crazy. So it's kind of a very interesting and memorable moment in that sense, uh, historically. Mm -hmm. And and in terms of like pop culture, culture generally, because, you know, I, I think there's a lot of pop culture and cultural moments that will stem from this. Mm -hmm. yep. um, obviously, like the biggest thing that springs to mind is like, what does the crown do? Like in terms yeah, of pop so. culture, not the biggest thing that obviously comes from the death of Queen Elizabeth and, you know, the, the things that follow culturally and politically for Great Britain. But if we're talking pop culture, like this is a show that was like running about Elizabeth's life during her life. What yep. do they do now? Are they going to stop? Are they going to like hold production? Are they going to move forward to her final years? Is that irreverent? Like. I think there was a pause, right? Didn't they announce a pause in the filming? I thought there was they, something like, like that. around this happening. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then, yeah, I mean, that's something obviously that impacts pop culture, and I think is definitely the right move in my mind. Mm -hmm. I mean, both yeah. for themselves to give them time to like figure out how do we do this now. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we? Did we have plans that are now like? know upended because this has happened we don't want to be disrespectful you know i heard viewership's up now though Everybody's i'm sure it is i'm watching. absolutely sure it is i'm every time i flick on like netflix or uh hulu or you know any one of you know the streaming services there's like see elizabeth's you know younger days like mm. re-watch the coronation ceremony like watch you know this recap of elizabeth's life and i'm like oh God, it's a lot. It's a lot mm -hmm. very soon right now. I mean, I get it also, like maybe pump those brakes. <laughs> Here's a this is this is a joke. Uh, mm. but it's funny in because you don't again don't think about the monarchy, but now we're watching like House of the Dragon and stuff, and it's mm. all about, you know, that kind of thing. So it's if this shows up on here, um yeah, there. Oh, it says the the monarchy's weak. Now's our chance. And they put over the top, like a new Ohio or whatever. Oh. <laughs> Now's our chance. Take it. If the, if, I mean, if this was, you know, 300 years ago, 200 years ago, you have a yeah. transition of power. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like this things happen, but well, yeah, how do you think, we... um, it's funny that we bring House of the Dragon into it because I've likened House of the Dragon to like yeah. British history and British right. monarchy. So yeah. very tied together. How do you think um, King Charles III will do? Um, I mean, I don't mean to be flip, but he's had a lot of time to prepare for this. Yeah. So if he doesn't yeah. do well, yikes because you know you've had a really long time to like learn the ropes and figure mm -hmm. out what you're gonna do so yeah i mean i hope i hope well for his sake mm -hmm. um you know he's he's wanted this for a very long time and for a long time it looked like he was going to get passed over and then you know queen elizabeth unequivocally stated that no charles is her heir 
and this was going to happen. Um, so yeah, so I hope he does well. I don't wish him any particular ill. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how he's going to do in terms of connecting with the general British populace. I have mm-hmm. no idea if there's any sort of animosity or ill will left over from, you know, obviously the tragic events surrounding Princess Diana and her death and their divorce. Um, certainly, it's unfortunately fresh in everyone's mind who has been watching The Crown because that's okay. the, the span of time that they just entered into. Um, mm. So that's that's a little unfortunate. Um, but I don't know that that's going to have any real impact on like, you know, how he's viewed. I think his actions yeah. will be far more telling. Yeah. I don't know how the, all the, um, the lineage or the heritage or the passing of power would go, but I've definitely mm-hmm. seen people th- thinking, yeah, you should have, should just given it to, given it to William, you know, cause everybody seems to like him. Give it to yeah. William. I mean, if you were looking for, stability William would be the choice because he's young like yeah. you know he's he would have another you know multi-decade reign you know barring anything unfortunate um whereas Charles we could be doing this again unfortunately shortly and I don't mean that to be mean but he is 73 right yep mm-hmm. all right well that's uh yeah that's the passing of a queen doesn't happen every no. day. That's yeah, for sure. it's very sad. Um, I and did. I do have to say because I would be remiss if I didn't mention it. I did see her in person once, coming out of Westminster oh, Abbey. Uh, nice. It was insane. Like there's just like people lined up around outside the uh, the Abbey. Had no idea why, so I just like joined them with a group of people that I was with and. We got a prime spot to see her exit uh, Westminster Abbey with the current prime minister, and then Charles and Camilla were following. So it was like the whole immediate royal family was there. It was pretty cool. Who was the current PM? Was it uh, Cameron? It was Cameron. It was okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. It was kind of, it was actually right before Brexit was announced. Okay. Okay. Huh. Yeah, I mean, it's distant to a lot of people. I've heard, you know, varying things that some people say Americans care more about the the royal family than the British do. And I don't I don't think that's true from what I've seen, but I've definitely heard that a number of times. And yeah. um, it's I I feel like the the Americans who care really care. Mm. You know, it's almost like real housewives. Right. Like real British monarchies. Yeah. Um, so people get like obsessed with like who's mm-hmm. wearing what and who's got lifestyle tips and whatever. Yeah. I think they're they're just a vocal minority. Sure. Yep. Well, whether people like it or not, they're um we're very intertwined with I mean, their history is ours too. Mm-hmm. So yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> from a com- to a completely unrelated topic. <laughs> No, you know, there's, um, there's no, there's, I mean, there's no really good transition out of, you know, the, the tragedy of somebody passing a public yeah. figure. Passing. There's just not a great way to stop talking about that. James Gunn. Um, James Gunn. he made a few headlines with a couple of tweets he made and mm-hmm. I don't need to belabor it, but we basically, um, 
we've been covering occasionally new things that come up with the movie industry and like seem like problems. Um, My mind goes to effects artists saying they've had to just make up stuff for whole third acts of films and some of that for Marvel movies and stuff. Um, So the comment that's like kind of highlighted here and stood out is um, from James Gunn tweet quote, if you saw how disorganized most productions are and how unfinished most scripts are on big movies as they start shooting, the number one reason for the deteriorating quality of feature films, in my opinion, you'd see why usually this isn't an option. And that's um, the question was, why don't studios directors hire composers to make music before editing? Um, And so that kind of stands out as a shocking thing. You think, uh, you know, script story you know how what's going to happen it's maybe pretty important to suss out before you start uh rolling rolling the reels and getting actors on set and such yeah it's it's funny that uh this kind of big blanket recrimination of the way that movies are being made right now came from such a specific piece of movies you know somebody was asking a question about music and it turned into like right films are unfinished when we shoot this you know production is a mess we have mm-hmm. no idea what we're doing you know we're making stuff up like it's just kind of crazy to me that like this came out of such like a specific piece of you know like how do you do this for filmmaking and like why don't you have composers yeah. um yeah it's it, nothing about what he said shocks me at all it's sad but it's just sort of a confirmation of things that we've been picking up recently and issues that I think we've both talked about with mm-hmm. filmmaking and with making TV shows. Right. You know, there's yep. just not a passionate dedication to telling a fully realized story. It's just like, this thing seems great. Like, you know, we've got a rough idea. Let's just like move forward so we can like press it while it's hot, get the money, get the people. Yep. Move forward. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I remember in school being like kind of drilled down into the how much money was at stake and the complicated, lengthy process of setting up a production. And so when you're scheduling out everything specifically, this is how long it's going to take. This is like the money per day. These are the people we need on set at this time. Here's when everybody shows up. And like the whole thing is planned out specifically and of course things happen and they run behind and whatever but like it's all set because you went out and took people's money to make this thing and promised all this stuff or whatever so it would be behoove you to be prepared and have everything set there's so much money online you lose thousands of dollars a day if you can't you know if you're late or the weather is bad or something and so to like go in and get all the green lights and get rolling before you know that you have something that's good because that's the reality. Like you might have a great premise and you're going along well, but how do you foreshadow properly something in the third act when you don't know it? Right. How do you have the callbacks? How do you have the, the, the beats that make sense with, you know, that make the film feel full circle when you don't have the circle, <laughs> like you just, it, it's, it's stunning. 
the people that have been in this field that make so much money that have gone through school that have made other productions that seem to be forgetting the fundamentals mm -hmm. of t storytelling. And I guess you can't blame them. If a studio is like, Oh, I trust this person. Here's money. Go. And right. we need it by the end of the quarter of right. next year or whatever. Right. Know. Yeah. Would you really turn down like that right. opportunity, even if you didn't have it flushed out? Like, mm -hmm. I don't know. Be pretty yeah. hardcore of you. Yeah. Yeah. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be, uh, a baller move, you know, it, yeah. like I went to, I would have respected Peter Jackson if he's like, look, the Hobbit should be one movie and they want me to do three with extended versions. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> you know, uh, mm -hmm. someone else will, I could maybe do it better. You know, I, I, I'm so passionate about it, but that's how passionate about it I am. I'm not stretching this children's book to three films. It's mm -hmm. not happening. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, poor Peter Jackson. I really, I do feel for him in that instance yeah. because it's like how he loves it so much and you can tell. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, how could he like let it fall into somebody else's hands when he cares? But oh, like how could he stop just short of caring enough to like not make those three movies? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can uh, see everybody it, around him talking him into it being like, look, right. You like, know totally this, this stuff. genius. Like, yeah. like you mm -hmm. did these three movies. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So anyways, that's, uh, that's yeah. from, um, from James Gunn. I could never Endgame. imagine doing that. Like as a story writer, I know my strengths and weaknesses and I know that I am killer at coming up with a premise and a beginning. And then I falter at how am I going to end this thing? Mm -hmm. And sometimes mm -hmm. I get there and it's, and it's great and, or, or fine, or, you know, it's not always like masterpiece level, obviously, but you know, like it works out. Yeah. But there are a lot of projects and storylines that I've abandoned because I can't get to that end point and I'll pick it back yep. up at some point and, and hopefully, you know, think of something or be struck with inspiration. But I know that like planning A to Z isn't, in a, in a time constrained manner, isn't my strong suit. So mm -hmm. I could never do something like this, like pitch, even if I thought it was like the most amazing idea without at least maybe finding somebody to bounce ideas off of. So I could get to an end point to at yep. least have something. Yep. Well, cause it's so fun to ask never questions, finish right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is what we get with lost. This is what we have mm -hmm. with, uh, you know, um, we have all kinds of questions, crazy monsters or whatever. What are they? We need answers. They need to be seen, you know, they need to be, right. um, but raised by wolves. Like well, we were talking about that. Like, I mean, we'll never know now. Yes, but, exactly. But a lot of things that were brought up, like, you know, crazy snake monster that we were like, this very clearly needs to pay off in some way. You better have thought about this. Right. Yep. Yep. There's a lot of, um, I think of kind of the Uncharted movie now, you know, mm, when we're talking yeah. about this, like maybe that's a thing that just didn't have the, um, you know, it seemed to take a left turn, you know, mm -hmm. maybe that was fully intentional or maybe that just wasn't well thought out enough. Right. Again, so. just, we had a premise, like we had stars attached. We were going to roll with it. Yep. Just sort of like had to come up with something. Yep. Um, I'll read one more thing from him quick. Uh, another tweet in this thread. 
I'd say after shooting with unfinished scripts, unprepared directors are the number two issue. It aggravates me to no end that so many directors, not most, but many, squander people's time, money, and talent by walking onto a set not knowing where they're going to put the camera. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, that. Yeah. Um, all right. You found this. Uh, I had mm-hmm. vaguely heard about this and hadn't really yeah. looked into it, but the yeah, National Cinema Day. Yes. Yeah. So they were, uh, I mean, I say they, I don't really know who it was, but you know, some, some executives somewhere were putting their heads together to kind of think of how can we get people back into the movie theaters, get butts in seats and just sort of like kind of on the one hand drive up some revenue on the other sort of say like, you know, for those of you who did come back to the theater, thank you. We, We love the experience of, you know, presenting at the box office again and you know here's a a reward in the form of um in this normally slow like labor day weekend let's just offer movies at like hugely slashed slashed discounted prices and let's bring back some like fan favorite popular movies um from the past year and from past years you know not just from like 2022 um to you know just get some get some people in the seats and just, you know, see what happens. And it was huge success. Like I, I didn't really hear about it until it was over. Um, mm-hmm. I'm kind of bummed. I missed out on it, but yeah, I mean, it was just like record record turnout at all of these theaters that were offering this like discounted, I think like $3 admission or something like that. Cause it was okay. September 3rd. So yeah. Um, just kind of succeeded beyond their wildest dreams and now something they're talking about offering kind of every year in the future. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. So it is weird that we didn't like really know much about this in advance. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, it was still obviously someone did cause it was right. It yeah. Out. Right. Um, I see, I saw a quote in this, uh, from variety here. Mm-hmm. See, so, Quote, the appeal to audiences of the true cinema experience is universal, enduring, and deep-rooted, said uh, Ian Jacon, chair of London's Cinema First. Um, is, that, is that the message we get from this? You know, do, do you feel like, it, to me, that statement is like, you know, we're back, people love movies, it's going to be, you know, is this a... I, I mean... I think it's that quote is probably born out of renewed sense of optimism and and maybe a little bit of shock at the success of this. Um, but I don't think we can confidently say like movies are back. Theater experiences are back. Like there there's certainly leaps and bounds from where they were during like deep COVID pandemic times. But that still doesn't mean you're going to get butts in seats without great films. And you can get them there when you release quality things that people enjoy, like Top Gun Maverick, which, you know, they brought back for this particular cinema day. Uh, But that doesn't mean you can just release whatever you want and people are just like willing to go back to the movies. Mm -hmm. I I laugh internally. It's like it's like COVID. Long COVID, deep COVID, right? It's another one. Yeah, right. I know. <laughs> uh, so many COVIDs, so many stages of COVIDs. The, uh, 
I mean, to me, it's like, well, it's $3. What's a normal ticket now? You know, when we went to Dragon Ball in the yeah. AMC Prime Theater, it's like $17 a piece. Yeah. You know, you could just wait to buy the movie and have it for sure. And and yeah, you're paying for that theater experience. So then you can buy really expensive snacks and stuff too. Um, mm -hmm. Which is still fun. It is still fun. It's definitely like, I'm not just going to go to the movies now. Yeah. I mean, if I lived in town, I might do was okay. If I lived in town and I was single or, or still dating or something, I would probably get the AMC pass. Sure. Like, because then you, you know, what the heck, you know what I mean? I also do yeah. and go to a film and it definitely works out. You'd see yeah. more for sure. But if you don't do that, it's an expensive endeavor. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, $3. If you get to go to a nice screen, that's like discount that's like below discount screen ticket cost. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah. Um, but it was interesting to see in the, the movies that were the top 10. I was happy to see that dragon ball was in that list. Yes. Yep. I noticed um, that. Eat out jaws. That's fun. Mm -hmm. Um, and then top gun was first. Yeah. I still, um, I still haven't seen it. <laughs> still Maverick? No, I still haven't gotten to see it. No, I'm, I'm intending to, to buy it and watch it. I just, again, just haven't had time for it. But uh, have you seen the, did I talk about this the other week? Or maybe it was in when we were on break here, like um, Tom Cruise's like little promo thing, thanking people. I think it might've been for this, thanking people for coming out. Oh, and no, I haven't seen that. Top Gun, mm -hmm. like the number one at this again and stuff. Oh my gosh, you should play it. Okay. Anyone out there that hasn't watched it, you look up, a recent Tom Cruise video uh, on YouTube, find a recent one. And um, it's not real long. I'll just, I, I don't want to spoil it though, either. It's yeah. Don't fun. spoil it. Don't spoil it's, it. I need to, I need to see this yeah. now. It's cause there's clearly um, something there. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, yeah, it's cool. I, I mean, I hope they keep, might as well keep doing it. Right. Yeah. Like you say, keep, keep it up. Okay, news out of the way. Webtoon talk, webtoon talk time. Mm -hmm. um, our first one up is a manhwa called Maybe Meant to Be. And we are catching up with current 19 through 21 is what we read this last week. Mm -hmm. What'd you think of these? Um, I liked that the story finally started moving forward a little bit here. Um, I felt like we took this like cute detour with um, Minchiel's coworkers and their like side romance and that yep. moved forward and it was fun to get a little bit of like insight into Gia's background. But then we wrapped it up with like this first episode being like this long, painfully drawn out, awkward, like we're finally confessing our feelings to each other. Mm which we all knew was going to happen. And we just had to like sit through it. Come out of your apartment. Now, right. like now I don't want to. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah. So like their, their eventual, like, you know, adorable little interaction was great to like wrap that up. And then I was ready to move on to Gia and Minchul and have them progress somehow, 
which I felt like the latter two episodes really did. Um, you know, we started off with like another classic misunderstanding where we thought Vin yes. Diesel was calling Gia fat. <laughs> Hilarious. Um, I did not expect it to turn out to be the cat. Yep. And then they're turning out to be like a reason because Gia has been sneaking snacks. Mm-hmm. Um, but then it, you know, turned into like a catalyst for Gia to be like, oh, well, maybe I am gaining some weight. Minchel works out. Why don't I ask him to teach me? So it was like, oh, cute. She's like at least getting into one of his hobbies. I mean, yep. girl, you probably don't know what you're in for, which she did not. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it was it was nice to like see them doing something together, like yeah. growing and bonding. So, yeah, very, very good uh, set of episodes that like was finally you know, making them feel more adult and growing in their relationship a little bit together. Yeah, I, I'm hoping we don't have, you know, I'm always worried about, because I feel like we'll get this pace where we make a little progress and then we go way back. And it's like, mm. where did all the progress go? And then it's going to be, it's, we're going to keep teetering back and forth like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Which I really like these. A while, but yeah, yeah, you gotta, you gotta at least get some genuine forward movement once in a mm-hmm. while. Yep. Yeah, I, the the awkwardness was uh, was done well between uh, Choi and uh, Su Yeon, mm-hmm. and um, so I, I enjoyed that. Still excited to see what what comes of that and get more to know of his his sister. We still had that lingering out there, mm-hmm. his sister with yeah. Gia, and what their relationship is is like now or was and all that. Um, and then, yeah, the working out stuff was great. I mean, it's fun that Gia is making a little relationship with the cat, uh, mm-hmm. a little separate thing. Yeah. And, um, so they're, they're buddies now, I guess. And then obviously the big deal was, has someone else hitting Someone else recognizes the catch that Minchul is at yes. the gym and, yeah. uh, laying it on hot and heavy, laying on thick. Mm-hmm. oh you're so good you're so strong you, you can you show yeah. me how to do this oops i fell all this stuff <laughs> so um she, she was like fine until she fell and i was like girl that is <laughs> a lot like yep. you already playing it up but like you fell you yep. fell from a squat come on <laughs> yeah it was it was great it, i if anything i guess it would be nice to have gia sweat a little longer because yeah. she was realizing, like, why am I feeling this way? Yeah. I don't know. Maybe because you live with him and you're married to him, you, you would feel this way. Um, like, and maybe because he's hot. Yeah. He right, yeah. Neck. Like, mm-hmm. girl, wake up. Someone else <laughs> sees it clearly. Like, <laughs> she she starts to see, like, you know, she's started to see it. She's just not admitting it to herself. Yeah. But now, with like another woman totally being like, yeah, I'm going to mm-hmm. come up and try my luck with that. Yeah. Got to get moving. And fortunately, though, you know, obviously Minchol was completely oblivious the whole time. Right. Until right. it became, you know, right in the face. Um, but he did the right thing. Yeah. You know, he wouldn't have had to because, you know, clearly they've set up a thing where, again, in their rules, like we're not involved in each other's lives or whatever. Yeah. Which yeah, I didn't Gia. think it extended that far. Right. G even My, says like, I guess yeah. I'm not allowed to do anything because I can't interfere with his life. And it's like, mm, but don't you want to like, at least the continue the charade of marriage? Like how yeah. would you do that if he's out on dates with other women? Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I, I never thought that that part, that clause of the contract was uh, so far reaching as to yeah. allow for other 
you know. On up, we were sort of like, this is a very weird piece to the contract. We're like, mm-hmm. not real sure. It's very vague. It's kind of dumb. Like you're in each other's lives. It's really a weird thing. Like you should word this better. Yep. So. Yep. Here's where you should have worded it better. <laughs> I, I, you wrote that in your comments too. I didn't see that. Wake <laughs> up, Gia. Your guy's a snack. I didn't know there was. I didn't know there was a special sm- spelling, a yes. double C spelling for snack. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Only for a special snack. Um. Uh, yeah. When I read that, I was like, "This is not the first time this has happened to Mitchell." Yeah. Right. But and what has he done in the past? Probably just like been real awkward and tried to get out of it. And like, I think he sees this marriage with Gia as like, that's a fringe benefit. He just gets to be like, woof. Okay. Like I get to tell them like, here's my wife. Hmm. Cause he, he talked about like in early on in their, um, you know, reasons for getting married that he didn't want anybody pushed on him and he had all this pressure and stuff. And I'm sure for him, he's just like, I just want to live my life. And have this excuse of a wife, you know, to my parents who will stop pressuring me, maybe to like girls at the gym who are hitting on me. So I can just be like, this is my wife back off. I just want to work out. Like, I totally feel like this is the point where Minchil's like, yes, seeing some benefits. Maybe. Yeah. I'd be interested to see how, because I hope it's not that in a way. I hope it's like his bond with Gia from childhood is is a lot stronger than Gia thinks. Yeah, and, I think and, I think that's certainly driving some of it. I just mean to say, like, I when Gia proposed this sort of like marriage of convenience thing, I'm sure like Minchiel being so straightforward and logical was also like this could solve other of my problems. Sure. Yeah. See, I don't come. I, I guess the way I see it is maybe it's not coming from the idea that he wants to be left alone more that like if he's going to have, he finds it very difficult to form meaningful relationships with women. Mm -hmm. And so that's a stressful thing that he doesn't know how to do. Well, with Gia, he didn't feel like he had to do that because he had that thing from childhood. Right. It's already there. Yeah. Yeah, And then when I, and when I say he wants to be left alone, I think he wants to be left alone at the gym. Sure. Okay. That's his temple. That's his life. I'm yeah. He is, focused like don't don't be up in my social business at the gym this is workout time i understand i i mean like a kickboxing it's it's an hour and i want to work out for that hour yes like i i i i'd like the people there and i do like chatting but if it's interfering with the workout like we could just chat a little afterwards or like yep. you know or something like that so there you go all right. Well, that's uh, maybe meant to be episodes 19 to through 21. I know mm-hmm. Ashley just read the latest one that just came out and said it was really good. So I'm excited to keep going here. Awesome. Um, and but now we got to talk about solo leveling. Mm-hmm. So solo leveling. I actually picked up the first four volumes physically in Target. Oh, excellent. Okay. Because I wanted to. I mean, I know me is make a big difference, but I wanted to support our local Target carrying manga and manhwa and stuff yeah so it's like okay because normally i yeah normally i'd buy something from barnes and noble or whatever you know because i want a bookstore to still exist um but 
in this case, it's like, yeah, I'm, I'm happy that they're putting this in the store. And, um, so yeah, we have, so Ashley's going to start reading it too. And, right. um, yeah, we'll, um, we'll have that. Um, anyways, we're covering right now, 10 through 14. So mm -hmm. the chapters were a little short. Um, not too much was happening in the span of each one. So we've got a couple more this week to cover. Yeah, um, I like I like our expansion. I felt like I could really sort of dig into things that were happening in this sequence because if we had stopped at three, I would have just been like, okay, so like I'm just starting to understand that there's, you know, this like thing that only uh, Song can see and, you know, it's pushing him and maybe it's mm -hmm. a game, maybe it's not a game, but what's going to happen? But instead we got like, okay, so like this is really like, these these solo quests now that are mm -hmm. happening we got like real examples of like how great they're going to be for him and how this is going to work to level him up but also how dangerous this is all going to be right yep yeah so we 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 have we have learned a lot now in this it's like uh it's you know we're seeing it's gamified you know how does this happen is this something like with other hunters, you know, we don't really understand how people awaken and have powers and stuff like that, where that right. comes from exactly. So it's like his power now because they checked him for a potential reawakening. Right. And, a second one. Yeah. So that's and the thing like now. No new stuff detected, mm -hmm. but it seems like he did. It's just, it's a method to become more powerful mm -hmm. quickly. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it seems like from, from what I'm gathering from the episodes, there's a possibility for a second awakening and it's like instantaneous. Like you just switch like from low rank to, you know, a S however they, you know, kind of rank things. Um, and it just like happens and it's immediately detectable here. It seems like he's going to go through a process Yeah, where mm -hmm. he like has to, earn it essentially and right. i'm kind of fascinated that like this is going to be the thing i'm glad that we're going through this like journey with him rather yeah. than just like instantaneous second awakening yeah I, we were talking earlier about how uh in earlier episodes about how what's what's going to make this different mm -hmm. because it feels a lot like an isekai and anime or manga where you're like it's in another world or whatever you're well, I'm, I'm Joey tonight. I'm doing a lot of uh, air quotes, um, <laughs> but it's uh, so what we're doing. The twist, I guess, is we're kind of bringing that game world into the real world, right. as opposed to the other way around. And right. so we've got the like gates. Dimension. Yeah. Oh, world. yeah. That right. That he can go into sort of his own um, kind of own dungeon or own world as well now too, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, and then he's can see literally like a game interface, right? So right. again, we're taking all these elements and we're going the other way around. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a a good good enough twist. Yeah, yeah, I'm intrigued by it. Um, I do have to say, like, I was a little taken aback by some of the things that this game was having him do, where it was mm. like, "Hey, like you're gonna get stronger now. Do like." 100 push-ups, 100 sit-ups, run a 10K. Like, kid was just in the hospital. Like, I train. Yeah. 
to run a 10K, <laughs> like, on some good days. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's not just something you can do. Sure. Well, so I was a little like, that's that's kind of a lot to ask somebody. And then when he, like, doesn't do it, when he very rightly is like, I am injured. I can't do this right now. And then the game was like, okay, survive a sand creature. And I was like, that's not, like, the same thing as, like, you know, training and doing a hundred push-ups. Like, how are those related to one another? They gotta make it way worse. It's a punishment. I, mean, I guess. I guess it was just like, ah, oh, come on, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I wonder if we'll figure out how these hunters are awakened. Are they chosen? Is there like something larger where these gates are opening and like beings or something gods are needing humanity to be able to. Def- to fend this off and protect the realm or something. So we're going to awaken people and that's who's communicating and doing these specific quests and tasks uh, for Jinwu or, yeah. or what, if we'll learn that ever, um, I don't know, but yeah, I, um, I mean, my gut I, says yes. The, the way so? the storyline has been building thus far and like, we're getting like, I mean, it's very slow because, of course, we were only reading three per time before, and now we're reading five. I mean, it's it's definitely a little like drips and drops of background and like the way things work, but they're there. Mm-hmm. So I would I would trust mm-hmm. that at some point we're gonna learn something. It may not be everything, but it could be something. Sure. Yeah the with the the daily task, I have to say, like I think that's fine if you have nothing else going on. Like if if you're gonna commit to this and this is what your day is, because you could run like two and a half miles, two and a half miles, you? you know, like separate it. Can you? Well, or is it going to get like real technical on you? Like if you do, if you commit to doing, if you start doing the hundred sit-ups, do you have to do all 100 sit-ups right then? I feel like if this is like a, a regular video game, it would be, you could spread it out. You have the, you have the 24 hours because it's like, go out and slay 10 cactar. It's like, I don't want to slay 10 cactar because they're cute, but you have to do it anyways. And then, you know, you do it and you get to three here and you get two more and, you know, you, but yeah, that'll be, an, that'll be another thing we'll have to find out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because if not, yes, that would be it's a lot. That would make it a lot harder. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Um, but yeah, you go, he takes a extra little, um, like, I forget, he has a key or something that he kind of in his inventory is an inventory now or something. And this key opens up a dungeon that basically just, he can go in, goes Mm -hmm. to like the subway goes in and he's freaked out because there's beast in there. How can I deal with this? But yeah, in his inventory, he has a sword here now that uh, he Mm -hmm. can store. That's pretty handy. Man, imagine if you're like resident evil world, you know, or any Mm -hmm. game resident evil is pretty tame in terms of what you can carry. Right. But some games is like, you can carry the world on your back. I so know, if you can I like know. level up your inventory and just. I do. I do always love like the inventory because it's always like, there's no way I'd be carrying this like a random briefcase with like a machine gun that I could swap <laughs> yeah. out at any, like there's no, where would I carry that? It's like str- Antonio Banderas. Like, strapped to my back. Like, you know, Oh, like guitar case. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's actually not too bad, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but (laughs) so, um, well, overall, did you enjoy these? Uh, We get to see him level up a bunch. He defeats these uh, beasts in this dungeon and going towards the boss. 
Yeah, I did. I did enjoy this uh, this set. The only kind of thing I didn't love at the end was sort of like the flip flopping attitudes um, mm. of like, I can't do this. What am I going to do? And then like the very next like, you know, panel was him being like, I died before. Like I can do anything. And I was like, that. Mm. I am glad that you have self confidence, but th- I needed like a transition there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need to see his like confidence stat go up. Yeah. I mean, he was reading his stats or whatever, but like a direct, right. you know, charisma. Right. I don't know what it would be. A constitution. That's what would go up. Constitution. Yeah. Would go up. I, I just needed like a little bit of like, I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing this. Like I'm surviving so far. Like, oh, this is going better than I thought. Or, you know, mm-hmm. and then maybe like a little, oh no. Like, and then an impossible situation I got out of. And then like, yeah. All right. Like I made it. Yep. So yep. that was, that was my only little, like tiny little whiplash moment. Um, but hopefully moving forward, we won't have those. Sure. All right. Well, that's been soul leveling 10 through 14. Um, hot D. Hot I don't know who, D. I don't know who came up with to say it that way, but that's definitely the best way to say it. I so, definitely uh, yeah. did not know anybody was saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I did not think of house of the dragon. When you say hot D. I, I guess I, I wish I could give whoever came up with it credit uh, because whoever I mean, you are, I, great job. Yes. <laughs> House of the Dragon. We're covering two episodes tonight, uh, three and four. We'll probably kind of uh, mix them up a little bit here, but um, mm-hmm. try to cover them thoroughly, give our thoughts. We've been enjoying the series thus far. Um, mm-hmm. We had a. Uh, bigger time jump if i recall now um mm-hmm. in episode three so three two years two years three years yeah it, it's, uh Aegon's second name day but i guess it would be three years because you have to give her time to be pregnant with him yeah mm-hmm. so three yep. years so yeah that's a bit lots yeah. could potentially happen there um we let's see we get so things going on that are are problems or whatever i guess everything going on is a problem it seems like um got the stepstones and um matt smith is still dealing with that i i gotta say i loved that opening i just the the agony that the crab feeder was inflicting on the stepstones is just i mean it just brings you right in Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? There's no like exposition. It's just like opening like pain, fire, battle, like urgency. Yeah. You know, everything is just like it's new, it's now, it's you know, visceral. Yeah. I just really I just really enjoy it. Yeah, I wrote down sweet dragon scene because definitely it was the yeah. torture and the dragon comes in and, and they I think did a fair job of like setting up how this because you think okay got dragons they're like nukes you know you you have this power over everyone and stuff but they're setting up ways that they're not all powerful that they can be um thwarted even though you're you know the the adversary has dragons and so like this setup here basically of cave system where you can go out and you like have all these people on the shore but you can quickly retreat into a cave system right the dragon can't reach you yeah, no, I mean, it, it was it was great. Yeah, like you said, just to sort of like explain like how you would thwart a dragon, like caves, avoid dragon fire, and then you quickly rush out when the dragon is, you know, 
you think it's empty and quick rush out with a volley of arrows. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's very effective. Yep. I yep. mean, even if you don't get the dragon, you know, we saw Matt Smith get hit. So you, mm-hmm. if you incapacitate the rider enough, like, I mean, I don't know. We haven't fully explained like every way that dragons and riders are linked, but it certainly yeah. seemed like, you know, Caraxes could feel that uh, Matt Smith was injured and reacted mm-hmm. to that. So, you know, there's something there. Yep. Yep. Um, He's saying Matt Smith. I should say Damon. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so tempting. He's just I like one of those guys. Of names, like, so. Yeah. It's just so tempting to just go back to Matt Smith. Yep. Um, so we got that going on and then we're, we're dealing with a lot of, uh, you know, the, the, the family struggles, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, princess, uh, Rhaenyras, Rhaenyras, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra, Rhaenyra. Um, see, so yeah, I can't, the names, I don't know. Um, she is not handling well her situation, you know, and yeah. A lot of people are obviously in positions they don't want to be in. And uh, that includes her for sure. And she's worried about, you know, being usurped for passed up for her spot on the throne. Mm -hmm. And um, we got a lot of people at play to uh, try to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Her dad wants her to marry off. um, And... um, just kind of just frustrated with the whole thing. Hey, let's get this big thing together and celebrate yeah. my uh, my replacement's birthday, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, I wrote down Viserys, priorities as always. Let's go on a hunt versus dealing with the mess that is the step zones. Like, mm-hmm. let's have a tourney when we, you know, are, are uh, you know, potentially dealing with the death of a queen because she's, mm-hmm. you know, forced into this childbirth. Like, always got them priorities. Um, so yeah, so I, I really enjoyed the like family dynamics here that were coming out to play. Um, I mean, obviously everybody knows why Rhaenyra is frustrated. We know why Viserys is happy. It's super obvious that he's like thrilled that he finally has a son. He's in love with Allison. She seems pretty like settled into her role as queen and, and sort of, you know, taking advantage of what that has to offer. Um, on the flip side of that, she is the character, I guess the Hightowers as a pair are the characters that aggravated me the most in this particular episode. Okay. Alicent for her like absolute naivete in which she's like, Rhaenyra, why are you acting this way? Like, why are you upset? I want us to be a family. And Rhaenyra's like, you really can't understand why I'm upset about things. And like, I mean, I give props to Allison for trying, but also, like, mm-hmm. come on. Like, you don't really know why she's mad. Like, mm-hmm. you really don't know. Like, even if even if you think she should get over it, like, you can't pretend like you don't know why she is right. mad. Yep. So, that was particularly aggravating to me. Um, and then Otto's, um, you know, ever pushing forward, I thought, you know... Uh, in his own like house advancement i was annoyed you know from the start when he like pushed allison at viserys seems to have worked out and that's really nice doesn't mean it isn't gross um and that he isn't jockeying for position and power and then here when he like constantly pushes 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 and pretends like 
the only solution to everything is, you know, Aegon being on the throne. It's like, again, that just like absolute naked ambition is tiresome. Yeah. Um, and it's just like a little bit much for me right now. Mm-hmm. So the, those two, for very different reasons, were kind of the uh, eye roll for me of the episodes. I mean, how much is Otto going to be right, though? Is like I can see him being I can see it in his mind like, look, this is a win win. This is a win for the kingdom. And this is a win for my family and our name, because I'll have blood on the throne and yeah. we don't know how he'll be, but he'll be a dude and we have less, less chance of war. So it's like we yes. can I can sell this as I am in service of the realm. Mm-hmm. And side bonus, my family sits on the throne, you know? Yeah. I Yeah. And to me, those feel like 60, 40, like bonus mm-hmm. for me, like side bonus is the realm. Um. So I very much like, I get why Otto would push. It's totally natural, um, you know, for, for a man of his ambition. Right. Um, and, and like Viserys comments in this, in the second of the pair of episodes that we watched, he's like, no man has ever served on my small council or in my kingdom in any position and not had self-interest. I get it. Like people right. are self-interested. Um, but it's just it's a lot and auto pretends like this way is the only way and it's like yeah it's you're making the case too hard here and you're pushing mm-hmm. too hard and he got the first um you know kind of slap back from Viserys when he he made the giant misstep of suggesting that we work this all out and Rhaenyra just marries her half brother. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way that Viserys looked at him in that moment, I was like, this is the start of a serious fracture right here. Yep. There, that was a serious misstep. Um, and I think it was compounded by the previous misstep of uh, Jason Lannister in assuming mm, that yeah, yeah. also that, you know, Rhaenyra was going to be passed over and that Aegon was going to be, you know, named the heir. I think a lot of that, like, assumption pushed Viserys the real wrong way. Yep. Yep. I liked his little speech to uh, to Rhaenyra as well. Like, yes. I wavered, um, but yeah. I am resolute now. You know, I liked that openness yeah. about it. Um, I did and too. I think... I think Otto would ring a little, he'd have a little more credibility to stand on if he hadn't been the one to immediately set up his daughter with the kid. Absolutely. If that had just happened naturally without his influence or something like that, it just happened to be, um, or if he had decided to marry the kid, uh, Valerian, Mm -hmm. then, and they had a, a son and then he encouraged the same thing. Right. Both situations, he'd have more to stand on. But in this, it's very, it looks very much like you were hoping for this the entire time and yeah. played an active role in trying to achieve it. So, right. Yeah. He's, he's pushing real hard in a lot of directions. He's pushing Alicent and he's pushing the king. And it just looks, it reeks too much of naked ambition to be just like non biased, solid advice. Um, which, which Viserys gets from his other guy on the small council who I'm just like, 
absolutely falling more in love with. I know, right? Like, I can't remember his name even. And I I feel terrible. I don't know what house. I didn't know. Right. Right. He even (laughs) says it because he's like, I, you know, I'm in a small house and, you know, I I have no ambitions to like grow higher than, you know, my position on the small council. And then he just like proceeds to just lay out some super solid advice for Viserys. Yep. Every time. And he just crushes it. So. Yep. Yeah. This, that is who Otto could be if he hadn't tossed Alicent at Viserys right away. Yeah. Um, and so then the big thing comes from this that we, um, you know, we have the hunting thing. We have uh, oh Rhaenyra, like, <laughs> bonding with the, um, with, uh, what's his name I added to the list? Sir Kristen. Yep. Sir Kristen, she's he's protecting her and like, hey, please come back to camp. Can we do that? And uh, it doesn't work out, but they bring back a boar. So yep. that stuff is all nice. A little. Um, she worked out a little aggression. Stuff. It felt like. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. And um, we ultimately realize, okay, we're gonna have uh, the the king is gonna send help to um, Damon. There's Damon on the screen right there. Um, yeah. Yeah. So so to to linger on the hunt for just a moment, because I mm-hmm. said we have to talk about it earlier, mm. the hunt gave me a serious Robert Baratheon vibes, and I was yes. tensed the whole time. <laughs> that would be too much if they, like... I know, I know, that. I know, but, yeah. but I was like, something. It, it might not be that, but something, because, I mean, Viserys was in his pups. He was mm-hmm. drunk. Yes. And they kept being like, oh, sire, your prize is near. Like, we've got eyes on your prize. And I was like, please stop saying the word prize. It's really freaking me out. Um, and, you know, they just kept being like, oh, we're, you know, we're setting it up. We're cornering it for you. And I was like, so clearly, you know, they don't think he can do any actual hunting, which, I mean, right. in his inebriated state, he could not. Mm-hmm. But it was just so, like, metaphoric of the way that Viserys is constantly being handled by everybody around right. him and told what his goal is or what he should be focusing on or like right. what's important. Um, so I loved the hunt in that sense. And then, yeah, the entire time I had this like horrible sense of foreboding that there was going to be some tragic hunting accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and luckily that was not the case, but just the entire time they played it well to just give you that. Like, mm-hmm. remember when Robert was deep in his cups Here's and decided spear to go too. egg yeah. hunting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oof. Yeah. I, I mean, two things. I think one, I can definitely see these sort of ceremonial, like you say, pomp and circumstance kind of hunts. Very just like symbolic. Yeah. I can see it happening this way yeah. because I'm like, this is no hunting. You just have a, no, party of people and dogs and stuff like other know, people around and trap something an and then yeah. yeah then you get to just stab it Ugh, um was, but i can gross. see that being the case you know or that happening at some point in time and then um the uh how great would it be to watch this and then go through game of thrones mm-hmm. having not seen it and see a similar situation and then oh shit you know right yeah. Yeah. And then so. just be like, oh, this did not turn out well at yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. 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 Hunt was interesting. Whole camping thing. Um, the uh, awkward 
Lannister set up talking to I Rhaenyra. love how smooth he thought he was, and he was <laughs> not. It was great. It was great to just watch, like, the absolute confidence that he is just, like, winning this, taking this prize home, and then to just see it, like, wiped away. <laughs> by Rhaenyra and by Viserys. Like, both of them were like, mm. Yep. Yep. Um, oh, yeah. So, Damon on the... Mm-hmm. He, he is... Uh, forces are demoralized. He is mm-hmm. not. Uh, he is not winning here. And they have a the, horrible war council with no good advice and just pessimism. Yep. Mm-hmm. I was, you know, it was interesting because he gets a letter from the king. The king decides, all right, I'm gonna send help. Mm-hmm. And he freaks out and bashes his helmet against the guy. The kill the messenger, oh, yeah. right? Yep. Um, I was expecting him to turn around and give some sort of motivational speech like rally the troops mm. like this is the thing I, I we're gonna you know did not see this coming yeah. um so he instead goes in on basically a kamikaze mission to yeah. uh um like i'm gonna take down this crab guy or or else or i'm don't going yeah. down um yeah i i actually did see that coming i okay I very much knew that Viserys's letter was going to push him the exact wrong way to just be like, I don't need your help. I can do mm-hmm. it myself. It's very like spoiled younger brother tantrumy. Like I could do mm-hmm. it. I could do it. So yeah, I mean, basically I, I don't remember which, which councilman it was who had like suggested that Damon would be perfect to set up a trap for this. Basically just was like gifted that scenario when Viserys sent in the messenger to be like, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Cause he was talking before, like, how are we ever going to get Damon to just like agree to just walk in there? Mm-hmm. Here you go. Yep. Yeah. That was a really cool scene. I thought it was well done. I'm, I was a little, Ashley and I were talking. And it's like, okay, he needs to not be missed by all these arrows. <laughs> and then he Did does start getting comment? Like, I said, okay, are these archers stormtroopers or what? They can't get uh, him at all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was like, yep. this is a little unbelievable. And then he finally got hit, and I was like, oh, now he looks like Boromir, and now I'm sad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. um, the, the honestly, this is the more realistic thing in a way because mm-hmm. some t- a lot of times everybody's Legolas all of a sudden when they want to be, you right. know. It's like 80 yards and they're just like running. Boom. Right. You know, we can shoot yeah. our, hit our target whenever we feel like it. They're up on the cliff. They're shooting down at him running. This is, you know, I know it's a lot of arrows, but still, and he did eventually get hit. So, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, the, uh, the more surprising thing to me about this scene was, was that uh, Damon was willing to give up his dragon and let uh, Laner ride him. I think his name's Lanor. Lanor. Okay, so this is that, the thing. That to me was like, wow. Well, okay. This is the third episode, and mm-hmm. in this is the third time in a row in the post-credit conversations, I feel like we've had contradicting information or at least something told in a way that I did not read it in the show. Mm-hmm. And 
I read this in the show as this was a plan mm -hmm. that, okay, this is what's going to happen. We're, I'm going in, I'm going, going nuts. They're going to think that I'm surrendering. It's not going to happen. And I'm going to mm -hmm. make a dash for it and get this crab gang guy. And that's what's mm -hmm. what's going to happen. It's going to, and when I don't surrender and I attack, that's your sign to come charging in and come in with the dragons. And we, mm -hmm. we've lured, once we've lured them out, basically, yeah. um, they're in the open, torch them. And that's, so I was like, okay, that makes, it's a plan set up. Yeah. In af the after credits, they made it seem like he was literally going in to die. Like he was going to go in and it was lucky that his people showed up on time to save him. Well, uh, I mean, technically, yeah, it is because a lot of that plan hinges on timing. Yeah. You know, I mean, there, there is obviously. But they said like, he was staying there facing ready for his death. Like when he was there and surrounded, he had just taken shelter in that for a little bit. He's like, he is ready to die. Yeah. And that's how devoted he is to like not accepting his brother's help. He's going to die here for this because he couldn't make it all the way. He couldn't get to the, to the crab gang. So, I mean, yes and no. I see where that in the moment would be the case. If he was like, if our plan didn't work out, the timing's not going to work. I didn't make it. I'm ready to die here. I totally except that Damon would think that's a possibility of this plan because th the way that the war council like laid it out, they were like, it's a suicide mission. Right. Like this one glimmer of a chance of success. So he could absolutely think that, but also at the same time, the plan is hopefully to get him out yeah. and hopefully show up in time and hopefully be the cavalry yeah. that we can make sure to get the crab feeder. Um, yep. So, yeah, so I guess both and, but I don't love the afterward maybe implying that, like, the plan wasn't fully thought out and that he was just going in there solely to die. Because I, I kind of want to watch it again. Possibility. Yeah, and I didn't see the afterward for this one, so that, that makes it difficult for me to, like, interpret mm -hmm. any kind of, you know, tone or meaning or something like that. But, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, just to imply that it's, like, straight up, you know, it's only a suicide mission, I don't think Damon would have taken that. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just I'm getting to the point where I always I've always liked listening to a little after credit thing, a little behind the scenes, you know, something like that. But I felt so uh, every time now it's it's just there's something at the end where someone is conflicting what another thing says or conflicting what the show seems to say. Sure. And it's mm -hmm. that's like the been my biggest problem with the show so far. It's really weird. So it's yeah, uh, I almost don't want to watch him. But yeah, yeah. That's fair, I think. Um, let's see. Oh, yeah, I was distracted by a pug. I said I missed probably an important line because I was distracted by a pug. Um, <laughs> that's um, we we honestly rewound that three different times just to catch that. Rhaenyra tell the old lady, "What have you done to serve the realm? Eat cake." Because we we both mm. thought, Chris and I both thought it was like a super important line that she said. We kept missing it. And then it was like, that was uneventful. Mm -hmm. But the pug was cute. Yeah. <laughs> my, my issue with this episode, I guess, stemmed from just like, I was a little drained of, I mean, it's not an issue with the episode, just like the, the character stuff that was drawing me in and 
getting my attention was like, if this amount of time has passed, I wish that Rhaenyra would be, would have like, would be trying to, would have accepted who she is and her situation a little more and like mm -hmm. been working to show people that she deserves to be the queen, that yeah. she deserves to take the throne. And so that means being respectable. It means like serving functions you can. That means like reaching out to people and forming relationships and all this stuff or whatever. And she's just not. And I guess we're seeing yeah. in this, we're seeing her on a day where things are being brought up that are obviously going to be bothersome to her. You know, she's got, again, someone that might take her place now. And so she's more upset. But that was like one of my big takeaways from the episode was was just that like you're not doing yourself any favors at this point if you yeah. want to be seen as you'll be the suitable um heir mm -hmm. so yeah i completely agree with you rhaenyra does not make a case for herself she's like pouty and flippant and it's hard to to um you know like f for the viewer obviously like a week has passed since the last episode. So it's like understandable in our time that yeah. she would be that, you know, bitter about it still after like a week. But right. when you have to buy into the show's reality of three years forward, it's, it's hard that she hasn't made any progress in three years. And I right. get it. There's a lot of like circumstantial things. Like clearly everybody has just like assumed her only value is being married off. Um, mm -hmm. because she's not going to be the heir and Aegon's going to be named heir. Um, and everybody's just like so certain of this. And Viserys clearly has done nothing like concrete to dispel that. So I get her like level of frustration. I get her like resentment towards Alicent, both for like the surprise. Hey, my, you're betting my father and now you're having his babies. And also the like sweet naivete of like, let's just be a happy family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's frustrating that she's clearly done nothing to address any of that. Yep. In the in yep. the intervening time. Mm -hmm. Well, um, feeding off of that, and we're probably running a little long, but we got one more episode to talk about. Episode four. Wait, um, wait. feeding off of oh. that, crab feeder does <laughs> die at the end of the episode. Yeah, I'm still sad we didn't see the fight. Yeah, I was a little surprised you know? that that's how it ended. Like, on the one mm -hmm. hand, he seemed intriguing. And like I said, I love these, like, you know, yeah. just like visceral openings on the step zones um, and seeing the conflict there. So I kind of wasn't ready for him to die. And on the other hand, like, thanks for not dragging it out, I guess. He feels a little like Darth Maul, you know? Yeah. Really cool of. looking, kind of bad. He comes from nowhere. He's silent. We don't know much about right. him. Cool and then mask, he's cut in half. Face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and there it is done <laughs> yep i mean maybe he's gonna come back with robot legs i don't know <laughs> yeah so. it was just it was a little surprising to me like just the build-up that had been happening and then he was like gone yep so yep. but but like i said at least we didn't have to like drag it out over like episode after episode and like never really get anywhere yep. so well episode right. four is very interesting um it's uh a lot happens. I would say where I, where I was thinking was what Rhaenyra maybe needs is to understand that, yes, there's a lot of things that you can't do, but you have so many more things that you can do. Like everybody has a different elements that makes them a little more free. Like she's expressed to um, 
her nights here. Uh, For Kristen. Yeah. Kristen, that at least you get to have a choice in who you, you know, whatever. It's like, okay, right. But you have bath water drawn for you and can be bathed by servants and like you all have different um benefits to your situation mm -hmm. and your status and i thought yeah. maybe um damon was gonna kind of show her a little bit of the underworld a little bit of like something else that that's where my mind went it's like maybe she's gonna see a little bit of like how other people have it mm -hmm. maybe it's a little bit of a wake up like i kind of maybe don't have it so bad you mm -hmm. know um that yeah. wasn't where we went with that. No, that's but. not where we went. Uh, <laughs> I yeah, I I definitely considered that as one of the possibilities when you know Damon takes Rhaenyra on their like midnight jaunt into the city. Um, but I actually thought Allison pointed it out to Rhaenyra better, um, in the sense of you know Rhaenyra's complaining like I have all these suitors, but they're not interested in me. They're just interested in like my bloodline and me giving them children. And Allison is like, yeah, but a lot of noble women have the same thing and at least you get choices. Like yep. she's clearly referring to herself in the fact that like she really feels now that the bloom is worn off the rose and yep. Otto forced her into this relationship and she cares for Viserys, but that's not love. It's not being in love. Sure. Um. So, you know, she's just kind of like bringing up her own situation, but she really could be talking about, you know, any one of the noble women in in the seven kingdoms. I mean, yeah. you know, how often do, do women get a choice of their husbands? So she's like, listen, you might have limited choices, but you have choices. Yep. Or, so. or a farmer's daughter might be the same thing, you know, right, like exactly. you don't know how, how that goes. So, right, right. Hey, father comes home one day, like, Oh, I got a plot of land in exchange for you marrying their son. I got, you know, 12 yep. goats or whatever, like have fun. Yep. yep. So, yeah, at least at least Viserys is giving her the space to like pick somebody. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, no, that's a good point. That was a it was a good moment between the two. I was happy that they were getting a little closer again. Yeah, even after like Rhaenyra really burned her and yeah. they, like handled it well. I forget what yeah. the line was, but it was yeah something with like just having to, you know. Oh yeah, pump out babies or something, you know. Yeah, can you imagine being trapped in a castle and just pumping out babies? Yeah, and, and Allison like, was just like, "That's my life." It's like, <laughs> thanks. Wow, these. Yeah, you think of me. Yeah, but then Damon earlier, then too, he said, uh, "I wrote a couple quotes because I liked him." He said, yeah. "There are worse things to be sold for," which is a hundred percent. Like uh, that could be. Oh yeah, when when yeah. He, she's talking about her father selling her for the most powerful. Mm -hmm like castle and the most powerful army or whatever. Yeah. Yep. And then you can't live in fear or, uh, forsake the, you can't live in fear of your life in or fear. you forsake the best parts of it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. yep. I like that. Yes. Uh, I did. I did very much enjoy that exchange between Rhaenyra and Damon. Um, not only for like the way that Damon somehow was just like throwing out wisdom, like yeah. Skittles candy. Uh, but he also had some good jabs at his wife about like, oof, like we couldn't have kids. Kids can't grow in a hostile environment. Yeah. It's just like, oh, that is a sick burn. Yeah, she's not even there to defend herself. I know, I, I, I want to meet this woman. I really you know? do too. I really do too. She's, um, I bet I she's just, lovely. I bet she's lovely. It's just something. I, I bet she's not bad. 
a real firecracker or something. Yeah, like really forceful. Yeah, just just has a strong personality. But Damon's like, I don't want that. Like, we all know Mm -hmm. what he wants now. After this episode, he made it quite clear. And I thought, and I thought honestly, he was playing a long game when he came back because he came back like so full of you know, pomp and circumstance. And they call me the king of the narrow sea, but I know that you're the true king. And I was like, where is this like reasonable, logical Damon Ben? He's got to be playing a long game. And it turns out he was. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that he thought it all through, but you could definitely tell he wasn't just there, as he said, because he missed the comforts of home. Right. You know, even Rhaenyra saw right through that BS and was like, you never liked this place. Mm-hmm. There's something else. And then after the uh, the midnight jaunt that turned into the almost midnight tryst, yeah. um, which I felt like I saw coming based on like the heavy flirting conversations they had, but I didn't really know that they were going to go there. Um, yeah. Okay, so this, yeah, we definitely this, have to this, talk this, about it. This, 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 talk yeah, about this the whole a, thing. This is. was an episode. This was a lot happening in this episode, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. a lot of like character movement, a lot of plot movement, and a lot of like potential three dimensional chess happening, or also like things stumbling into working out. I I don't think anything is going to stumble into working out. I don't know. I think I think maybe maybe yeah. It's you know <laughs> yeah. I so okay. So, yes, Midnight Jaunt, we've, Ashley and I both said from the beginning, it's like, they seem close, you know? He gave her the necklace, you know, and stuff, which, okay, but, you know, just, like, things add up or whatever. And um, I honestly, they, I know they're related, but they kind of feel like a reasonable match. Um, They do because they're Targaryens. mm Mm-hmm, yeah. I mean, it's... It's honestly, okay, I'm going to side note something. One of the things that really bothered me this episode was Otto Hightower pretending like the thought of Damon and Rhaenyra was just unconscionable yes. when he's the one in the previous episode who was like, why does Rhaenyra marry her half-brother? Mm-hmm. It was like, come on. Yeah. Like, you cannot pretend like, <gasps> terrible. Yeah, right. Yep. So, because they are Targaryens and like, and then like Allison being like, oh, you can't do this. I know you're weird Targaryens, but no. And I was like, yeah, yeah they're Targaryens. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't have to be cool with it in theory, but if they are in this world and their rules dictate that that's fine, then I don't think like other characters in this world have the right to be shocked at it. Right. Okay, and this episode, did you see the post-credit scene? I did, yeah. Okay. How did you read Dame... So they're in the... What do they call it? They call it the, like... Oh, right. What's the, like... Uh, you know, it's not a whorehouse. It's like the... Brothel? Sex pit, you know, or what? It's, it's some term sex. that they use. The brothel, yeah. Yeah. The origin, so, basically. yeah. So first it's like, okay, what, like, what's the point here? Where are you bringing her? Why? You know, this is odd. odd. What's going to happen? So then when, when it became more clear, okay. But then 
he tries to doesn't let her kiss him anymore and then kind of gets angry and leaves mm-hmm. how did you read that what do you think the goal intentions all that stuff Wait. yeah yeah i had a hard time reading the, like this whole scene i was constantly guessing as to damon's motives you know i like wrote down when they first started going out like is this a flirting thing? Like, are they just like escaping for some fun together? Is he teaching her like, you know, a lesson as her uncle? Like, like you said earlier, this is how the poor people live. And this is like the real life at King's Landing. Right. Um, are we, are we pressing her to find out any vulnerabilities? And if she gets spooked by anything, um, you know, is he opening her eyes? Is he testing her limits? Like to see what she can take and what she you know, finds unconscionable? Is she trying to drag her into some, like, you know, disreputable scenario? Like, I was constantly just like, I'm not really sure, I'm not really sure, I'm not really sure. Um, But so the way that I read this is Damon and Rhaenyra both get swept up in the moment of, you know, we're out in the town, we're having fun, we're drinking. Yep. Um, And Damon does want to test her limits and does want to see how far she'll go. And so he takes her to the brothel and it's just like, you know, guising it in the like, you know, marriage doesn't have to just be awful and sex doesn't have to be awful. It can be great, mm-hmm. you know, and he's kind of like pushing her for a reaction. And when when it's positive, I think that's the moment that like drunk Damon decides to act on some feelings that he's hinted at before and other characters have hinted at before. Um I think Missaria is is the name of his madam oh, prostitute, okay. you know, the, the, his lady right. on the side. Um, when before, you know, they were they were having sex, I think in like the very opening uh episode of the series, and she's like, I could go get a white haired girl if you want to, kind of like hinting that mm. you know, yep. Damon does yeah. have like feelings for Renira. Yeah. So I think Damon got swept up in the moment um, and then sort of at the very last minute was just sort of like, ah, I can't, I, not here, not, not right here. And if, if he didn't stop himself right there, he was going to take Rhaenyra. And, I, and not that I don't think that he doesn't want to because he's made clear that he does. I just think there was the wrong place, wrong time. He had you think he has made it clear? I think it's clear like in his like thoughts, like actions, like things that he said before in their like flirty conversations. He isn't he is not opposed to this. And I'm I'm banking a lot on like that statement of Missarias where, you know, she's like, You you're clearly not enjoying what we're doing. Right. So I'll go get you a white haired girl. So I just sort of feel like that's a tell. So I think he's into it. So I love what you're saying. <clears throat> On the record, I like this interpretation. <laughs> what I don't like is what seems to be the director's interpretation at the end <laughs> of the episode. Okay, so she seems to suggest that Damon is all about control. And once she is into it, she has nothing to offer him anymore. And so he's out. 
And so to me that like, then I think back, okay, he was with that one hooker and not into it. You know, the moment we're referencing, I can get someone else. Is it like, cause then my mind went to like, he can't, he, he's not excited if he's not like basically raping someone. He has to like be, you know, he has to be dominating someone physically in that sense. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like the ultimate thrill of the chase and thrill of the conquest. Like once Mm -hmm. you know, you have somebody's interest, it's boring. But would he do that with his. Right. Right. So here, yeah, here's, here's my problem with that is like, first of all, I don't think Damon's, I mean, I think he likes the control and I think he likes showing Rhaenyra um, and pushing her limits and like seeing what's going to happen and how far she'll go. Absolutely think he loves that part of control, but I don't think that he is ever foolish enough for those like 2.5 seconds in which they are seeming like this is going to really go somewhere and she is into it that he thinks I have her under my control now. That's that's way too fast and that's way too complex a thought for his drunk mind to be like, got her, done. Because yep. I just don't think that he would think I've got her, it's done until they actually went through and had sex. Right, right. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. Do you see, do you see what I'm, my problem with these post-credit yeah. things? Yeah. You know? It keeps happening um, because I, I agree with what you're saying. It makes more sense. Like you just can't go through it in that moment. It's something probably you thought about a long time. It's maybe a reason why he is unsatisfied with his wife and like, it's just not working out. Like it maybe is a thing like that. Um, and just decides in the moment, like it's not, and it's maybe a little shocked that she's is into it. Right. Um, Could take and, be taking him by surprise. Like he thought yeah. he'd have to work at more. A more. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, people, people honestly, you know, have very strange reactions to getting the thing that they want. And sometimes it's like, I can't actually be getting this right now. Yep. Like it's not actually happening or like just that, you know, especially, especially when he's drunk, like you don't always have like the most logical reactions to things or you don't like process things that are happening to you. So it's, I think absolutely conceivable that he's just like, what? I what I can't do this right here right now. Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of things happening. Yep. So then so um, it works out for him that he's like even the appearance of you know they don't actually go through with it, but the appearance yeah. of it works out a lot in his favor, or almost um, does, almost does. Well, so it, it's weird because then we have both involved parties here going out and telling hardcore half truths. Yes. Because Allison, yeah, (laughs) kind of Allison questions Rhaenyra, um, pretty upset about it. And, but she, uh, this is why I didn't like, I thought this is a mistake. Rhaenyra says on my mother's memories, Mm -hmm. he didn't touch me. He did touch you. He yes. didn't have sex yes. with you, but he absolutely right. touched you. Right, right. So, I was mad at that too. I was like, like you really could have just been like, he did not have sex with me, and like, yes, and that would have been the full truth, there. and it would have left out some details, but it would right. have been true. She she tells a pretty good, like, convincing seventy five percent truth up to that point. Yeah. Yep. 
just that like they're out get his freedom here you know in his cups he wants to keep going like she leaves Mm -hmm. out she also wants to keep going but yeah i mean she definitely wasn't like this is my idea to go to a brothel like that is damon and she's like he's my escort out we're having fun yeah i'll follow him and then suddenly we're in a brothel so like 75 percent truth quickly downgrades to like half truth yep and then damon goes and he doesn't deny it yeah he's confronted by the king and he's like well better me than someone else right and uh, and this is where i thought like maybe he's playing that long game yeah you know? see that's that's the hint that maybe he is was like wanted this to happen and was setting it up or mm-hmm. was this kind of what happened and now he's just playing into it either way i would believe it if he mm-hmm. like came back and and did all that like smooth talking in the beginning because he wanted something like this to happen and he like kind of set it up in the hopes that would totally buy it because mm-hmm. it would make a lot of sense to me why he was so like agreeable and submissive in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, if this just like he kind of just was coming back, thought you know I'll play you know humble king and maybe see what I can get, and then it just fell into his lap. Also would believe it. Yep. Yep. To me, to me, the the why behind doesn't matter as much as like. I still feel like this is Damon's end goal. Hmm. Hmm. Um. So, of this episode, there were th- three things that bother me. Um. Not again. Not in like quality of the show or something. It's just like I just. It was, so. Sure. Let's see one. If mine. One being. Um, her swearing on her mother's memories cover that mm-hmm. one the second one um, is Rhaenyra then deciding I'm just gonna jump Ooh, Sir Kristen's yeah. bones hated it. hated it it's like no this hated does not it. look good you know and um, I, I'm like you're just gonna get this I like, executed maybe or something yeah. you know yeah like, no I, this didn't, is... I didn't love that at all so no, that... I wanted I liked them as friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked for him that he was so proud of getting into the King's Guard and he's like, I'm bringing honor to my house that like no one could have ever dreamed of. And here she is just like kind of shitting all over that mm-hmm. and just being like, I'd really love to sleep with you right now because I'm all worked up from Damon. Yeah, you're right here and we do have a relationship and now I'm just going to like capitalize. Yep, didn't love it. Hated it. Nope. It's not unrealistic you know no that's a lot of my things it's like that's why i don't have a problem with the show it's like these they make sense i just wish it the character had had the fortitude to make another choice same here same here um and my third thing is again not unrealistic but i was hoping for more from the character i was hoping for because allison has shown a maturity uh, mm-hmm. that, you know, that her friend here, Rhaenyra hasn't. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, I, it took me by surprise the beats in this episode to contrast like Rhaenyra, like having fun and stuff like that. And then the dutifulness of mm-hmm. Alicent and like mm-hmm. that weighing on her and stuff, because the episode previous, she'd like, you know, as we talked before, like she's feel like she'd settle into her role. She really mm-hmm. does care for the king. 
Mm-hmm. She's got her baby, you know, some of that. Um, and so it it was a little disheartening, not unrealistic again, that this could yeah. be the case. You can see as time would go on or something like that. You feel like you don't have any friends or like right. of your age, no one, you know, it's all your servants are your age or whatever, and they're your servants and whatever. Right. Um, but it was, it was definitely a downer. And I, I was hoping that, uh, like her, like admiration for the King and for what she had managed to achieve here had been enough, you know, to mm-hmm. make her, um, not have to yeah. feel like a, like a, a victim or, a some sort of like, you know, martyr here where I have to like give everything and I'll, I'll sponge bathe you and all this stuff, you know? Yeah. It was definitely, um, a rough example of duty wearing thin Mm -hmm. and, you know, um, the honeymoon period is clearly over and I, and I don't think it doesn't mean she doesn't care for Viserys and is genuinely looking to do good and do right Mm -hmm. by him and do right by the kingdom. Um, and she's just, you know, a naturally generous person. But yeah, it is it is tragic um, that we see this sort of like slow degradation of her personality and the quality of her life where she does feel trapped. Um, and we do get this like foreboding sense of exactly what Rhaenyra is trying to avoid. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, yeah, that it, I, I thought that was actually... It was tough for me to watch, but it was at the same time like really great storytelling and like juxtaposition against Rhaenyra. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sort of also like kind of made you wish she wouldn't be so flighty. Mm. You know, well, I wish she was there for Alicent. Exactly. I wish that, I I mean, wish, I wish that relationship was strong and they were like really in this together. Right, right. You know, it, it made it kind of made the tables turn where, you know, a couple of episodes ago I was you know, feeling for Rhaenyra when Alicent was like, I'd be here for you. And Rhaenyra's like, you absolutely betrayed me and did not tell me these things that were happening. You kept giant secrets from me. And now I feel the opposite where, you know, I'm being made to understand Alicent, feel for her. And now I'm upset that like Rhaenyra's on the other end and like lying to Alicent and keeping truths from her. Yep. Um, so I really, yeah, I really had hoped they were going to start genuine reconciliation in this episode, and it just didn't seem like that's going to go well if Rhaenyra's lying. Yep. yep. Um. So my my actual third thing that bothered me in this episode uh, was Otto again. Okay. Um, just <laughs> just pretending like I have real bad news to deliver. Yeah, it's daughter. so hard to say. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was like, "Don't you lie, you tattletale! You love this. You're living for this." So, I really enjoyed the conversation where Viserys was like, "Yeah, so I'm gonna have to let you go. <laughs> See what you've been doing." And it doesn't mean, like you said before, it doesn't mean that Otto won't be right about some of the things that he's like pushed for in the kingdom. But it was nice to see Viserys be like, you're really trying to handle me here, buddy. And I'm just about done with it. Right. Mm -hmm. So I'm really hoping that Viserys can just like absolutely wise up and pin the hand on our other friend from the small council. And if he does, I'm going to learn his name. Yeah. (laughs) Hopefully that's the case. Yeah, I agree. 
Um, let's see. I know there is. Uh, oh, Alan says Lionel Strong. Lionel Strong. Oh, yeah. All right. In my repertoire now, Lionel. Got to put it in the uh, yeah, in it, the show notes. In, let's see. So we remember it for next week. Lionel Strong, and there'll be the one like wise honest guy yeah. <laughs> um i guess the other the obviously the other big thing we didn't really address um that going along with otto's firing um it, it is a condition of rhaenyra getting married and she accepts her duty she's gonna marry lanor laner yeah laner. Mm -hmm. I don't know the right correct inflection there but she's yeah. gonna do it she's sucking it up and yep. he doesn't seem too terrible from the like two scenes we we caught of him in the battle for the step zones, he seems okay. I don't know which one it is. I don't. Uh, uh... He was the dragon rider. Oh, okay, okay. The guy who oh, yeah. came in on Caraxes. Um, he's like seventeen-ish looking, so at least he's like appropriately aged. Which mm -hmm. you know, the opening of this episode made fun of like the suitor yeah. freak girl, mm -hmm. <laughs> where she, she went from like a sixty-five-year-old grandfather to like this eleven-year-old looking boy. Who turns out to be way tougher than he looks. I know. I was kind of a grown ass man. I was half waiting for at some point. All right, fine. I'll take the punk, you know, like. Oh, that smart ass. Yeah. To come back yeah. and take the kid that just that just, you know, like that way kind of impressed her. I was like, all right, I'll take him. That's fine. You know, yeah, I was half waiting for that at some point when she's like, all right, fine, I'll do it, you know. But, yeah, uh, he was being all witty and amusing, and uh, that doesn't really help you when you're faced with the point of a sword. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That shocked me. I did not expect that to go that way, and I kind of loved it. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun. Little kid got his, got his vengeance there, his little comeuppance mm -hmm. on the other guy. Yep. Um, well, I feel like there's more to say. I can't think of it right now. We definitely covered a lot. Yeah. Um, there is uh, a lot of things being set up here that I'm very interested to still see how they pay off. Mm -hmm. I I am a little worried that it looks like we're probably going to get, I would guess, one more episode before switching cast members. Yeah. I kind of wish we weren't. I mean, I could I obviously think something differently, but unless it's a really big time jump, do we need to have someone that, you know, could could feasibly be anywhere between the age range, you know, if we're talking Rhaenyra, feasibly anywhere between the age range of 14 and 23 or something mm -hmm. like that, anywhere in there, you can't just like age her up a little bit or something. Maybe, yeah. you know, how much is the time jump here? Cause it'll be clearly a different person. It'd be the same for Allison. Yeah. No one else is going to age as much, I bet. You know, all these people that are yeah. already full adults that are older, like, well, they, they're not, you know, putting grandpas yeah. in their role. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of disappointed about it as well. I'm really enjoying these particular actresses uh, in their roles, and I think they're doing fantastic jobs. So, yeah, it's hard to let that go. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to know, you know, obviously what these new new actors will bring so it's yeah it feels a little bittersweet that it's happening because we've had them matured up already like allison mm -hmm. has been married and had kids 
you know, so we see her as older now and Rhaenyra now just wins to a brothel and mm -hmm. then had sex. So right. we, we, you know, we saw both of them some experience. Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't know. I, maybe, maybe I'll eat my words here and be like very happy with the new people, but I think that, yeah, it's gonna, no, it's, it's a gamble. About it. mm -hmm. It's a gamble for sure. And I'm worried about it too. So mm -hmm. I totally get you. Um, one last thing. Very superficial. Damon's haircut. Yay or nay? Nay. Hate nay. It. I hate it. I mean, I don't hate it, but I loved his hair before, honestly. Yeah, it's funny because in the early stills, I'm like, Matt Smith, that hair, I don't know. You know, before mm -hmm. way before the show came then, out. Like this but shot now, here where he's in the in the stepstones and he's surrendering and he's got like the cool braids and it's all yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. No, so it was I wrote, sad. I yeah, I did not love it. And then when he appeared in that like dirty, like kind of loose fit suit of armor, um, not this shot, but he's got another one where he's just like literal armor on and his hair is like tousled and in disarray. He was giving me like Brienne of Tarth vibes. <laughs> he really was. And I just was okay, like, I, I never got that, but yeah, that's not your best look. Like it, mm. I worked for Gwendolyn Christie, like that. Mm -hmm. For her all worked but i really i liked dan's long hair oh i want to see um i want to see a fight now between him and uh and uh brianne you know like yeah. how good of a fighter is he i mean obviously it was pretty skilled to go mm -hmm. in against the crap beater there and all that stuff but he did um win but also lose some contests against uh what, kristen cole right it was him yeah during yeah. the tourney um so is he really skilled or right what by what what's the scale here because obviously jamie and uh brianne were like Ultimate, you know and then yeah. and then also and what's his helped. face uh the other guy that was protecting Tyrion. oh braun yeah it was like braun jamie uh brianne, you know, brianne and yeah. then the sand serpent guy it's like I feel like they were the they were like the fighters that were to be yeah. feared, you know. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah, it's hard to have that kind of like yardstick to be like. So where where would I know, you power fall? rankings? Our, yeah, in our Game of Thrones like whole entire universe. Where? Are yeah. You? Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, that's been uh, Hot D House of the Dragon um, episodes three and four. And I, I'm not gonna get tired of calling it Hot D. I yeah um gets the people going <laughs> um and podcast on the rocks episode 119 thanks for watching we are on all the podcast places so apple Podcasts, spotify i mean those are the big ones but there are plenty of other services we're available on as well answer our polls our questions on spotify if you're on there please leave a review if you use apple podcasts otherwise twitch youtube Twitter, mm -hmm. Facebook, we're on all those places. So go ahead and check us out there. Interact, subscribe, all that sort of thing. Turn on notifications, blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> Killing the Flower, they wrote our theme song. So you should check them a look. Um, they're on Instagram, YouTube, and Spotify. So we thank them very much. And otherwise, that's been it. Andrea, thanks for joining me for another one. Of course. As always. Cheers.